0: Happy Monday and welcome to Reading the Bible is Easy-ish, a weekly podcast and video series where we read the Bible uh, with zero preparation. My name is Harrison Litzel and today I have Reverend Callie Cawthorn-Friels. Callie, how are you?
1: Doing well. How are you, Harrison?
0: I'm good. It's so good uh, to see you. You and I kind of been chasing each other around theological education for uh a decade now um we were just talking about you left um my uh undergrad just as i was getting there um and then you graduated from mcafee here in atlanta just as i was getting there and we have finally caught up to each other uh working at the faith community and so it's good to finally get to know you a little bit more
1: yeah same i mean like i guess i couldn't have stayed elusive forever
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i realized recently you you were in the honors program at Carson Newman. Is that right? Am I right? in, yes. in remember that? Okay. I was too. And I spent a lot of time in that honors house back on the back side of campus, um, my, my freshman year, um, to the point where the older students in that program kept saying, why are all these freshmen here so much? And we said, are we not supposed to be here this much? And they said, We'd really rather you didn't.
1: (laughs) No, that's not what the Honors House is supposed to be about at all. It's about, it's supposed to be like community and a bunch of nerds hanging out and hiding the giant creepy Santa places. That was our favorite thing to do when um, me and my two best friends, Amanda and Faith, we lived in the Honors House our senior year and we created the hashtag when hashtags were
0: new. Uh um,
1: Where in the house is Creepy Santa? We scared a lot of people with where we hid Santa.
0: Very nice, very nice. (laughs) The one conversation I remember from the Honors House at Carson Newman University um, was, I was in the kitchen there at one point, and I heard one student say to another, if we can assume for this conversation that time is real. And at that point, I knew that that conversation had gone too far down some rabbit hole somewhere. um, If they need to state the assumption of time. But uh, we are not here uh, to rate the most absurd conversations of the honors program of any university. Instead, we're here to talk about the Bible. So, Callie, tell us um, what is your relationship with the Bible like? What is it like for you to read the Bible? Uh, Do you read the Bible? How often? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I would say my relationship to the Bible is kind of fluid. Um, I think, like most folks who would pursue like theological education, you know, you spend a whole lot of time in the Bible all the time for class and for papers and for translating. And so when I was in seminary, I was definitely in the Bible a lot, but it wasn't because I necessarily wanted to, it was because it was required for something, right? That there was some kind of benchmark I had to meet. Um You know, after I graduated, there was definitely a season where it was like, I really don't want to read the Bible unless like I absolutely have to for like sermon prep and things like that. Um, But over the course of the past couple of years, I've really started to engage with it more um, from a devotional standpoint. Like absolutely, I still um, engage it from an academic or pastoral standpoint as I'm thinking through what lessons um, I might be teaching at the faith community or if I'm doing sermon prep and whatnot, um, but have really started to get into um, more of a devotional side of it again. Um, And for those of you who maybe have kind of a similar relationship with the Bible, where some seasons, it's just really hard to get into it, and some seasons, you know, are easier than others, I have found uh, this resource to be incredibly helpful. Um, So this is Celtic Prayers from Iona. It was uh, put together by John Philip Newell. He does a lot of writing on Celtic spirituality, and what he's done here is he's taken the lectionary and combined them with different uh, prayer, uh, daily prayers that they say on the island of Iona in the abbey there. And so like you would have Monday, you'd have some prayers that you would do in the morning. There would be some lectionary passages that you would read that morning and meditate on and then conclude with a time of prayer. And then the evening, there'd be some prayers that you do. You revisit those passages from the lectionary, meditate on them for a moment and then close with some prayer. Um, So it's nice because I don't have the pressure on me to decide what I'm reading that day. Um, The book decides, which is really helpful and it's small. Um, So it's not something that's terribly overwhelming, which I think some devotional type things can be. Um, So I've found that to be an incredibly helpful resource as I'm getting back into devotional reading for personal reasons for the first time in a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, like two of the things that you kind of mentioned there was having somebody else choose what you're reading from the Bible. Has been so helpful to me as well. Like that, just kind of that pressure of where do I start? I haven't read this book in a while, but it's because I don't really like this much this book as much, or I feel like I read this one a lot. Should I revisit it? It just it just feels like a lot of pressure, uh, especially if you mm-hmm. haven't been reading the Bible for a season, kind of getting back into it. So it is nice to have somebody else kind of help make those choices. I have also found a lot of help in uh, in different times of engaging with a spirituality outside of my own tradition right of um yeah. you're know, talking about celtic spirituality there are times that i just feel like i'm in a rut or i'm frustrated or things like that and then i remember that the christianity that i grew up in is a specific type of christianity it's regional it is denominational and all these things and there are all of these different ways to express our faith around the world um and throughout the past mm-hmm. two thousand years and to kind of engage some of those can be really helpful um so i appreciate you you sharing that resource with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of like, you know, exploring other um, kind of branches of, of Christianity and whatnot. Yeah, that absolutely would not have been something that my incredibly charismatic evangelical youth group would have introduced us to. <laughs> they would consider it a little bit too rigid, I think. Um, so it's been refreshing to get to explore um, yeah. things that I didn't grow up in.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. So today yeah. I asked Callie if she wanted to do Old Testament or New Testament. She said, surprise me. So we are going with the Old Testament. Um, Callie. Uh, you chose the NIV. Any, any particular reason the NIV, um, Bible is, uh, the version of choice for you?
1: Yeah. So the NIV for me, I think has always just been a bit more approachable. Um, and then My particular NIV, I have a pretty close relationship with it. Um, I worked as a summer camp counselor for a long time, and this was the Bible that was with me in the woods in all of the hardest times when it was pouring down rain and the kids were crying. You got to figure out how to help them um, make it through that moment. Um, So it's purely sentimental is Mm. why I went with the the NIV for today.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think that our relationships with physical Bibles can rarely be understated. I have a copy here um, that was my, um, this was my grandmother's Bible. um, And I have it Mm -hmm. here close at hand um, because it has her handwriting in it. um, And I can Mm -hmm. uh, see what she thought about different things and stuff like that just by kind of flipping through those pages. And I think that uh, physical copies of Bibles are often lost when we uh, read off of iPhones, which is what I'm going to do now. Um, Our passage for today is Exodus 34. Verses 29 and 35. This is the conclusion of this chapter of Exodus. This is the passage. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Okay, Callie, I'm going to set a timer for five minutes. That is the amount of time we'll have to talk through this passage. Timer starting now. So first thoughts, first reactions, what grabbed a hold of you from that passage?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the thing that stood out the most was the repeated use of the word radiant, which is probably why the editor puts that uh, heading, the radiant face of Moses at the top of it. Um, but it just really made me think about how, like, when folks are really intentional with their spirituality and making sure that they're loving others well and that they, you know, take time to dig into worship, like, you can tell, like, there's there's just something about their countenance, you know what I mean? When you encounter someone who's just really peace-filled, like, y- you can see it on their face. Um, and so that's just kind of what I kept coming back to is just, like, when you encounter so much love when you encounter so much divinity like it, it can't not rub off on you mm. um so that that's probably the thing that stands out to me the most in this moment how about you
0: yeah I said the word radiant a lot um I I think I remember this being a part of the story of Moses that his face this kind of radiance in the veil I don't think I realized it seems to imply that for the rest of his life as he went back and forth with God, this was his reality that he like from here on out, he wore a veil around the people because his face was continually radiant. This wasn't just Mm
1: -hmm. one
0: special instance. But this was the reality for the the rest of his story, um, which I don't think I have really made that connection before. But I, I appreciate what you were saying of you're right that there are you have conversations with people. And when they bring in their faith, or when they talk about their prayer, or when they talk about God, it's like, Oh, this is this is big, like, this is real for you. Like, this is a mm-hmm. big part of who you are, and you are sharing that with me. And you can just tell immediately, um, as that kind of comes through that person, the way that they express their faith and their prayer, the way that they express their relationship with God. And, um, and I do like this kind of visual, visualization ooh, of that with Moses, um, that kind of radiant face and, and how it made the Israelites even a little uncomfortable, it seems that they didn't really know how to mm-hmm. handle that.
1: Oh yeah. And like, and, and I think about times when I've encountered people who like their countenance, like for lack of a better word, is just so pure. Like when you come across someone who's just a really sweet, gentle soul, like, you know, there are some moments where I think sometimes I get uncomfortable. It's just like, oh, it's like my presence, like contaminating your aura. I don't want to mess that <laughs> up, you know? And that's probably something that I need to work out for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just like, I do think that there are some folks where it's just like, it's just so precious mm. and it's like, wow, that's, that's really special. And that's on a different level than where I'm at. And so as like, you know, you were talking a little bit more about the veil itself, part of me is just like wondering, you know, why did Moses mm. do that? Because at least in this chunk of the text that we're looking at, it doesn't tell us, right? right. Like, was it because uh, the Israelites were so uncomfortable with the constant uh radiance that was on moses face or maybe moses didn't want all the attention from Mm. them because i also think about you know folks who just have that kind of special presence you know what i mean folks who have been you know considered saints by the church who Mm. have just done like so much good and also got a lot of attention when they probably just really wanted a simple lifestyle so maybe it was just like I need some space <laughs> like please stop gawking at me like let me have this time with god or let me have this time in this simpler lifestyle i want um but yeah that, that's also a, another thing that's like really sticking with me just, just why yeah. why why did moses cover his face
0: yeah i don't i don't think i've ever really really thought of moses um with vulnerability or with intimacy mm, right moses's yeah. character in his stories is so aggressive and, a, and abrupt. A lot of his kind of characterization is dynamic and action filled and strong and powerful. And even in the way, you know, that he, uh, he disobeys God and is kept out of the promised land. Like even that is just big and dramatic. I don't think about Moses, uh, you know, perhaps being, uh, concerned with how he's thought of, um, by the Israelites or, or concerned about, his intimate relationship with God and how that's created this glow about his face, you know, and it might not even be glow, maybe instead of maybe by radiance, maybe it's not a, you know, a soft glow, maybe it is a bright, you know, that that's the reason where it's is because it's hurting the eyes of the people around him. I've never really thought of Mm -hmm. Moses's own internal assessment of those things and feelings towards those things.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's really interesting when we look at a character like Moses, and can sometimes treat that character as really one-dimensional as like this really strong leader. you know you think of Moses, you think of you know, let my people go and like um, countering uh, Pharaoh and like standing up to authority and standing up to unjust authority and kind of like this um, what we might call a toxic empire type situation, you know what I mean. And to say like I need a moment to hide. Mm. um, is a completely different dimension to Moses that I hadn't considered before, um, and reminds us that, you know, the, these are people, um, and like in the same way that we aren't one-dimensional, the folks that we read about in the Bible aren't
0: one-dimensional either. Yeah, so that, that's five minutes, that's all the time we have, yeah, that's all the time we have for this passage, um, but it's really just about, you know, asking these questions of, of helping us kind of get this conversation started, but, if you were to spend more time with this passage this week, if you're gonna spend more time in Exodus or more time with Moses, uh, what do you want to revisit? Where do you want to spend a little bit more time this week?
1: Yeah, I think I would probably spend a little bit of time, you know, around this passage just mm. to be like, does it ever tell me a why? Because I'm a very curious person. It's like, <laughs> why is it doing this? I'm gonna try and figure it out. Um, but if nothing else, if the passage doesn't explicitly say why, like maybe we'll get some other insights into what the veil like, led to for him in mm-hmm. his relationship with the rest of the community like how did it affect his relationship with the rest of the community did they embrace it did it make engaging the community harder did it make it easier or more challenging to continue to do the work um, that he felt God had called on for his life um, so yeah I'm just kind of that stuff like really focusing on more of Moses and mm. this and less of like whatever other conflicts might be happening in the text
0: yeah I think I'm going to visit uh, the end of Moses's life. Um, You've got me really thinking about Moses's vulnerabilities. Um, And I think um, kind of revisiting the end of his life and kind of the disappointment that's there um, and what that looks like. I I kind of just want to revisit that story. And I think that that might be a way for me to reintroduce the idea, like you said, of Moses as a real three-dimensional person, um, rather than just uh, a characterization that I assigned to him. And I, I hope to kind of um, build a more robust picture of him um, through that through that exercise. But Callie, uh, thank you again for joining me for this. If folks want to hear more from you, if they want to uh, learn more about you or connect with your ministry a little bit more, what is the best way for, for people to do that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Facebook. I have a public like author Facebook page. It's just Callie Coffin Friels. You can search for that. Um, you can also check out my website, reclamationtheology.com. Um, so you can check out any of the events that I'm doing, Um, I actually have a book coming out, which is really exciting. It's called Reclamation, uh, A Queer Pastor's Guide to Finding Spiritual Growth in the Passages Used to Harm Us, where we look at the clobber passages and look for kind of, um, you know, well, definitely affirming and like encouraging lessons that we might learn from those once we remove like the hate of, I mean, the lens of hate and discrimination that we're Mm -hmm. normally um, introduced to those verses with. Um, So I'm really excited about that. So you can check out more about the book there. Um, But yeah, my Facebook page and the website ReclamationTheology.com are the two best ways to get in touch with me.
0: Awesome. And we will uh, link to your website for sure in the show notes so people can find that easily. Um, I have pre-ordered your book. I am so excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Encourage folks uh, to do the same and check that out. that is it for this week. We hope that this show continues to encourage folks to uh, read the Bible. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, if you've made it this far, go ahead like, subscribe, share with anybody you think would enjoy this conversation as well. Uh, and we hope to see you next week. Until then, keep on reading the Bible.